today. 80% of businesses don't sell. To be a part of the 20% that do, and at maximum value, you'll need a successful strategy. Welcome to the Defenders of Business Value podcast, where we interview today's top professional advisors who help business owners create, preserve, and most importantly, transfer value. If you want actionable tips that will increase your business value, stay tuned. The podcast starts now with your host, Ed Mysogland. Have you ever wondered how to find and keep and develop employees that are going to add value to your organization and make sure that they're not flight risks? Well, this past week, I had the opportunity to visit with Heather Haas. She's a president of Advisa, and she's been doing work with small and mid-sized companies for a long time. And what she does is she provides assessments and workforce analytics and training and coaching so that the business owner can make sure that they have the right people in the right spots and those employees are being incented in the right way. So please enjoy my conversation with Heather Haas. I'm your host, Ed Mysigland. I teach business owners how to identify and remove risks in their business so they can sell at maximum value when they want, how they want, and to whom they want. On today's show, I'm excited to welcome Heather Haas of Advisa. Heather believes that there's no higher calling than helping leaders grow and improve. Her passion for fueling others' success drove her from her beginnings as a classroom teacher and principal to her role as president of, of Advisa. Advisa provides assessments, customized management training, and leadership academies, as well as high-touch consulting and executive coaching. So, Heather, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you. Well, I gave the audience a little bit about you. Can you go back and tell us a little bit more about you and Advisa? Sure. Um, what people may not know about us, in addition to what you shared and that you know we help leaders grow and improve, um, is that uh, we kind of work backwards. So we start by understanding each owner and executive's business strategy. We try to understand their goals and aspirations um, so that we can help owners increase the value of their companies through talent optimization. So that word, those two words, I think maybe um, are less familiar to some folks, but Put simply, um, the process we use, talent optimization, is really a four-part discipline that helps leaders intentionally design and align their people strategy with their business strategy so that they can get where they're trying to go. Um, So at the core of talent optimization is really the collection, analysis, and application of PI data. Um, So that data is really a game changer for CEOs who are looking to reduce organizational friction and accelerate profitability in advance of an exit. So tell me a little bit about the process behind the service. I realized that, you know, I have challenges with my, with my infrastructure, with talent. I've got uh, attrition. I have all kinds of things that, you know, I'm growing and I just need the right butts in the right seats. So Mm -hmm. I pick up the phone, I call you, now what happens? Yeah, so talent optimization is always informed by business strategy. So the the first thing that I would do is get to know that CEO, that owner, founder, and try to understand what's your business, what are you trying to accomplish? Um, Once that business context is firmly in place, 
Um, the first step that we take companies through is what we call diagnose. And this is where we actually measure the employee experience. And we also collect data on the behavioral strength of the leadership team, all the employees. And this insight is really powerful because it helps owners understand who they have relative to what they are trying to accomplish in a given period of time. So once you know that, who do I have? How do they feel about working here relative to where I'm trying to go? Then step two is called design. And once we're armed with the insight from diagnose, we can help um, clients design the culture, the leadership teams and the org structure that will best help them execute the strategy. Um, and once owners are confident in the org design, okay, I get it. These are the boxes and this is why. And these, um, this is the intentional culture that we need to get where we're trying to go. Then they can use the insights about how their people are motivated um, and how the behavioral requirements for jobs to improve hiring. So first we diagnose. Then we design the culture and the organization, and then we help you hire for job and culture fit. So you can't hire effectively until you've defined the culture that's important to your future success and until you've benchmarked the behavioral and cognitive requirements for success in your jobs. So we bring benchmarking and selection tools to the table so that leaders can objectively discern fits and gaps between people and jobs. And this is critical because um, 59% in our research that we've done with our clients, 59% of the differential in engagement scores across our clients is actually attributable to job fit. So hiring is a big piece of this, but beyond hiring, once you get people in the door, um, it's really important that leaders and managers have the skills and the training to coach and motivate and inspire performance over time. So we diagnose, we design, we help you hire for job fit, and then we train your leaders and managers to inspire performance and keep people engaged. So that whole four-step process repeats annually. We review your strategy, we diagnose the employee experience and leadership alignment with that strategy. We design culture teams and org chart, we hire for fit to those jobs and develop leaders who have the skills and the people data to inspire performance. I got it. So do you do any work with successors? And meaning I, I recently interviewed um, a fellow by the name of Michael Beck and his, one of the things that he, he does, or he, he thinks, and this doesn't have to be on the podcast, but, I'll, I'll ask it if, if you do this kind of work Sure, there, they, they are in the, um, coaching of successors. So the business owner identifies and says, yeah, this is the guy that, that should succeed me. And they groom that they coach that, that successor over a couple of years to be that person. Is that, do you do any kind of work like that? We do that. Um, but before we do that, the most important piece of any successful uh, coaching in a succession situation is the objective um, defining of what kind of leadership do we need in the next generation of this company? 
how how will the success of the successor uh, be measured or be determined? We do a lot of work to really clarify that up front, both for the outgoing owner CEO and for the person who is coming in so that the coaching and training, and yes, we have a group of executive coaches and we also have, you know, four level, different levels of leadership development programming, but those things are far more successful and you can get people where you want them to be in less time when the future leader has crystal clarity about what do I need to know and be able to do in order to help this organization get where it's trying to go in the next three, five, 10 years, whatever it may be. What is the, I know you said it's on an annual basis that you revisit all the four boxes. How long does it take to, once you get the the business owner to be crystal clear in where they want it to go? And I know it, this is a loaded question because it, I, I know the answer is that it depends, but <laughs> in a, it, generally speaking, I mean, how long does it take for someone to, to get, get the business optimal? You know, what they, you know, what they do. Yeah, you're right. It, it does depend. And, and the biggest variable is on the size of the organization. So, you know, small businesses, we can help them clarify where they're headed, get the people strategy aligned and train. I mean, our process is really data insight action. We collect data and we give you an objective picture of where you are on the people side of your business. Then we train you, we consult with you, we give you the insight you need to make changes and, and, you know, get people in the right seats, et cetera, and then take action ongoing to continue to keep the people strategy aligned. So for a small company, I mean, we work on a retainer basis with our clients. So generally in the, in the first six months that we start working together, we bring um, a handful of things um, to bear right away. The first is what we call a strategy assessment and that's with the leadership team. So they go through an exercise where as individuals, they're responding to items about the strategic intent of the organization. And so what's produced is a really compelling um, report that shows you how aligned are those key leaders on where you're headed. And so there's usually some consulting around that. Are we all on the same page? Great. Do we have um, some disagreements? And how do we kind of get people, get all the arrows firing in the same direction? After the strategy assessment, kind of close on the heels of that, we administer the predictive index behavioral assessment. And so that helps us see what are the, what's the leadership style of the, of the leadership team and the larger organization and how do those behavioral strengths align with the strategy? If we have a very enterprising, entrepreneurial, break into new markets kind of growth strategy, do we have enough risk-oriented, entrepreneurial, driven, results-oriented folks in the right seats to drive that. So then there's that piece of alignment that we tackle. Um, then through the continued implementation of the talent optimization platform, we're benchmarking jobs. We're administering the employee experience assessment where we get a broader view of the organization and how people are feeling about it. 
And then once we're armed with all that data, that's when we can really customize and prioritize training and development initiatives. So the part that takes the longest, Ed, about this is usually the training. Because this journey of optimizing talent isn't just about implementing software and collecting data. The magic happens when you actually get leaders and managers behaving in new ways and coaching their people toward, you know, good ends. And, and you've got everybody that's clear and aligned around where they're headed and they have the tools and the training and the skills to coach people toward getting there. How long does it take to get the buy-in? I, I, I know, like, especially in small businesses, I know that there's such a, um, you know, this is the way we've always done it. And to bring in outsiders that, you know, you don't know our business and bringing in this kind of data, you know, you don't, you don't know us. Um, I mean, how long does it, does it take for you to, to win the hearts and minds of the people that you're serving? Yeah, in some cases it can take a while. I mean, occasionally we we meet up with what we call a people first CEO or a CEO who who already comes to the table recognizing that their people really are their competitive advantage. They understand the impact culture has on being able to execute a strategic plan. Oftentimes though, we are helping business owners identify pain that they didn't know they had. Right. So when you do a root cause analysis on a lot of the pain points in most businesses, you know, turnover or lost productivity or, you know, we've got, you know, manufacturing challenges or inventory frustrations. When you boil those all down, what you often find is most of them are people related. And so, you know, in fact, when we look at our most recent survey of CEOs, presidents, chair people that we do for our annual benchmarking report, 52% of CEOs reported not achieving their strategic goals. And further, four out of five say that their big, four of the five biggest business challenges were talent related. So once we get in and we start talking to a CEO and through asking questions and, and genuine curiosity about their business, their aspirations, what's going well, what's not, often we're able to start to reveal that we may have some people in the wrong seats. We may have leaders who actually don't have the skills and maturity to bring others along. And we may have some blind spots in terms of how employees feel about working here and how connected they feel to the organization. And so once we start to get a CEO to see that, gosh, you have financial data, you have all kinds of data on your manufacturing processes and your marketing spend and et cetera, et cetera. But what kind of data do you have on your people? And that's usually the point at which they realize, you know, we really don't. And so that's why we start with some kind of initial assessment to actually get the ball rolling where they can start to see, Oh wow, we do have some gaps here. And then they can start to see if I had more of this kind of information, I could make better decisions. You talked a little bit about the predictive index. What is that and how does it work? Yeah. So the predictive index is the talent optimization platform that I described at the beginning. So predictive index is a global company that has a network of certified partners like Advisa all over the world. So Predictive Index has been around since the 1950s. 
helping companies optimize their talent. Um, so in recent years, their software has grown and evolved. Their training has become much more robust. And as the wave of big data has washed over, you know, all of us and every aspect of, of business and our personal lives, um, Predictive Index has really created a best-in-class platform for doing all of the things that I described, diagnosing the employee experience, designing an organization in a very intentional way to get where you're trying to go, hiring more effectively, and inspiring performance over time. So PI is a software platform. Yeah. It's a training curriculum, and it's access to a certified partner like Advisa who works with you long-term to help you implement and, and do all of this work. It's, it's really important, I think, for your listeners to understand, like there's a lot of great assessments that you can take to learn about a person. Predictive Index is really a whole system of assessments, tools, training, analytics to align your people strategy with your business strategy. So that's why it's an annual fee kind of model and it's a long-term approach. Well, and as well as I'm assuming that it's aggregating data throughout the throughout the world so that you can serve the people that you're working with better. Absolutely. I, I think there's probably about 12,000 companies around the world who use Predictive Index to optimize their talent. So yes, I mean, the millions and millions of data points as people are benchmarking jobs and um, analyzing culture and, you know, making important business decisions. And what's really cool, um, I mean, our niche at Advisa, we're typically working with small to mid-sized businesses. We do have some huge, you know, global multinational companies and some tiny mom and pop shops, but most of our clients are small to mid-sized businesses. They're growing. And we're able to bring really sophisticated, world-class tools to businesses like this because the system is priced according to the size of your organization. So a, a huge company like um, Maersk is using the same predictive index talent optimization platform that a you know, smaller local company like Red Gold Tomatoes is using. Same platform, same tools same great training, the pricing is right-sized based on the size of your organization. In the, the breadth of services that you provide, do you ever, do you guys talk about business value and how it contributes to the increased value of a company? Yeah. I mean, what's great, I mentioned at the outset that, you know, business strategy informs all of this. Um, so we really do start with what are the measurable business goals that you're trying to achieve this year? you know, increased revenue, um, profit margins, decreased retention, you know, changes in the product mix. Um, because we start there, all of the work that we're doing to get people in the right seats and equip leaders with tools and training to manage them effectively, all of that shows up in bottom line metrics. Um, so, I mean, in generally, you know, what we talk about is, you know, we really do believe that the value of your business is contained in the people who work there. Great. They're, they're either going to unlock, you know, your, your greatest um, value for your business because they put their hearts and souls into the work. They're engaged. They're thinking creatively. They're innovating. They're in high trust relationships with their managers so that they can share, 
you know, ideas and insights, et cetera. That's usually where the good to great happens. And that's why it's really fun when we get to work with owners and leaders who are trying to optimize value and, and build a legacy of a business that outlives them because the people are what make that happen. That they're, they're the ones who help you reach those highest uh, returns on investment, the highest multiples. They're also the ones that carry on your legacy of, of what an owner or founder has built. Um, so yeah, that's how we talk about value. Your people are the ones who help you get there. So to invest in them is by extension to really be increasing the value overall of your company. So a business owner has a couple challenges. One, they're saying, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to focus on the business and I'm going to work on my operating expenses. I'm going to increase my profitability. and mm-hmm. Or I can show up at Heather's office and I can say, all right, here's my, I know I've got, I, I have people challenges. Which comes first, operationally or people? If it's purely a financial decision, sometimes you have to do one before the other. We, we do work with clients that are not able to make investments in their people until they get things cleaned up operationally. If it's that tight of a cash situation. Most often though, it's both. You've got an owner and a leadership team who is working on some operational improvements and they recognize that the accelerant to these operational improvements, that the change management and the level of engagement that's going to be required to actually execute those operational changes and strategic objectives, that isn't going to happen until and unless we have the tools and training to get people moving in the same direction. Um, So generally that conversation for us is, you know, do you want to look at this as short term or long term? Because for leaders who are taking the long view and they have a window of time, that's long enough because developing leaders and changing culture, that's a journey. That's not a, okay, we'll do a two day training. <laughs> um, so that's the first piece that our clients really have to understand that if, if you're looking to build a high engagement work culture and optimize talent over the long term, you're, you're looking at a few years to get there, not a few months. You yeah. can make small gains and have pockets of improvement. Um, but yeah, generally we're saying let, let's look long-term while you're also doing the short-term quick wins. And I know a lot of businesses that, that we run across have this kind of situation. They have an employee that is, is the rock star, but is just a total pain. Mm-hmm. What do you do in situations like that? Do you remediate them or is it, is it the old thing that there's, you need to keep, cut the cancer and, and rebuild? Yeah, it depends. So we start by um, really trying to diagnose, is this a skill or a will issue? You've probably heard that before. I mean, is this, if their life depended on it, could this employee do what you need them to do? Um, the second thing we try to understand is this, this may come as a shocker, but we always ask the leader, has anyone given the employee feedback? that they're a pain or, or that what they're doing is not effective. You would be surprised how often, well, not really. So, I mean, that's often, sometimes the starting line is 
let us help you prepare to have a very candid conversation with that employee about how what they're doing is not measuring up to what you expect. Let's start there. Um, if, if all that's there and, and the CEO says, look, this person has the talent, they bring a lot of value, I think they can do it, but for some reason they're not, that's when we really, um, a lot of our analytics and tools can be super helpful. We can define the job objectively. These are the behavioral expectations for success in this role. For example, uh, perhaps the role requires um, independent decision-making and operating with a sense of urgency. Oh, good to know. So then we can um, look at the behavioral results of that employee. And if this is someone who is naturally very laid back and they are very process-oriented, methodical kind of person, someone who prioritizes first in, first out, operating with a sense of urgency might not come naturally. So we can give them that level of clarity that typically your strength is you put things in order, you take good time, et cetera, et cetera. To succeed in this role though, what's required is a sense of urgency. And let's talk about what kind of training or development or coaching you need to help you make that behavior change. So first we have to be clear on what are the behaviors for success? Either we help you measure it or the leader needs to be able to articulate that on their own. And then second, we need to give that employee clarity about where, what they're doing, how they're behaving isn't lining up. And then finally, the last category, occasionally you have people who are just strategically or culturally not aligned with the business. They're smart enough. They're capable. Businesses change and grow over time. And sometimes you have to have a conversation to say, place is really different than when you joined 15 years ago. And I think we should really have an honest conversation about whether or not your heart is still in this and whether or not we're still aligned. And sometimes that's what's at the root of the problem. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. Well, some of the, some of the business owners that we talked to, I mean, they're, they're just held hostage and, and they know it and they can have those difficult conversations, but they're sitting here saying, look, if I lose, if I lose this guy, I don't have enough, I don't have enough time to recover or the fear is I don't have enough time to recover or find a, a good replacement. That's a really important point. And that's why we work so hard to help our clients. It's never too early to start this. You don't want to be hamstrung with a, with a, an, an employee who's not bought in, has a crummy attitude and holds all your trade secrets <laughs> when you're trying to exit the business in three years, it's too late. Yep. You're in some ways, you, in many cases, you, you are, you either cut them loose and you endure the disruption and whatever happens as a result of that and hope you can find someone to replace them or you sort of limp along with the dead weight and, and that obviously will compromise the, the value and what you're able to do in the end as you exit the business. Right. That's why we say you gotta, you gotta think about these things well before you're ready to exit so that by the time it gets here, you've got a healthy, capable leadership team in place. Right. And it's silly to not think that the buyer is not going to be evaluating that particular person or people in the practice or in the business that is that creates not only the revenue, but also 
the greatest amount of friction within the organization. Yeah, no doubt. In fact, we do a lot of work in M and A situations where we we're actually working with the venture capital folks. They bring us in to evaluate who they're who they're contemplating buying because m- many um, you know venture capital firms they don't want to buy a problem. I mean they 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 recognize that part of the value, if not the majority of their value is contained in the people who work there and those people's ability to keep the company going and grow it in new ways. So more and more, I don't know what you're seeing, but more and more we're getting brought in, not on the seller side, but on the buyer side to help them discern where's the safest and best bet in terms of investing their money. Right. No, you're exactly right. The, the buyers are looking to come in and add gas, not necessarily come in and, and have to retool the engine and then add gas. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So when I know, I know you said, you know, the earliest as possible to, to get this process going, but I mean, how does, are there certain things that a, a business owner would see that would say, you know what, I, I need, I need help. Um, I know it's going to cost me, but I, but I know in order to get this business to the next level, I'm going to have to do something. How, how do they know that? Usually they start to see things like um, loss of productivity. You know, we have a good product. We have a good process. But I just can't seem to get this group of people, you know, to execute it. Or they, um, they're losing people. They can't keep people in a certain job or in the company overall. Um, so struggling with turnover or often, um, CEOs, owners, sometimes they come to us and they're frustrated with, you know, they may have an HR team and they have sort of the disparate functions of HR. We have benefits and comp and we have someone who handles employee relations and we have someone who does recruiting. What they're frustrated with is even with all of that, um, they still can't answer this question each year. Do I have the right people in the right seats to execute this strategic plan that we have? They, it's still a blind spot for them. So they're looking for ways. How do I get these silos, you know, within HR? How do I get them aligned? And how do I create more transparency and visibility between where the business is heading and what that means for the behaviors we need from people in different roles throughout the organization. Um, the other thing that we often see when we start to work with companies is they say, I'm frustrated that I can't, I can't get this leadership team. I can't get people mobilized. We have a plan, but then it seems like we don't ever really execute it. So there, there's just kind of a general lack of alignment or lack of execution discipline that becomes frustrating over time because almost every executive, if, if you were to ask them and you said, did you do as well this year as you could have? Almost always the answer is no, no, we, we definitely could have done better. We had things that went wrong. So starting down the road with leadership development and talent optimization starts to give CEOs more confidence and reduce the risk on the people side of the business, because you can actually say we have data that tells us 
how we're doing in terms of job fit. We have data that tells us how we're doing in terms of employee engagement. And we have data that tells us how we're doing in terms of motivating, engaging, and coaching people over the long term. Got it. When you look at the landscape of the people that you work with, and, and the, the reason I'm bringing up this question is, is do, does the avatar of the, of the small and mid-sized business owner, are they younger or are they the baby boomers? Because I, I, I would think the younger embrace more of the statistical um, data-driven decision-making than, 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 say, a baby boomer. You know, it's interesting. We, we do work with a lot of baby boomers and some of them are a little slower to kind of embrace this because it's just, you kind of have to help them see, you know, what got you here won't get you there because they've been successful. They've gotten their business to a point where right. they're ready to exit. Right. Um, but surprisingly, we also work with a lot of startups. And so in that startup environment where you have a younger, you know, millennial, perhaps CEO, their challenge while they're open and they're, they're much more open to data-driven decision-making, et cetera, um, they're really struggling with developing that next net level of leaders underneath them. Cash is tight. There's a lot of pressure because they're spending other people's money. And so actually developing a genuine, healthy work culture and then being able to recognize as the owner, founder, and the genesis for this business, I have to get myself out of the way and get people underneath me trained up and equipped if we're going to scale this thing. So that often, that owner, founder, startup mentality, often we have to work and help that leader see oh man, I'm my own worst enemy. If I don't get out of the way here, we're not going to be able to scale. So yeah, we work with leaders across all levels, but those are kind of two trends. The boomers are a little more reticent to this whole data thing and talent optimization and development. In some cases, that's huge generalization. But on the millennial side, it's having the discipline and the maturity, the professional maturity to set your ego aside and realize that you've got to invest in other people. Yeah, we see this. We see the same, uh, especially on the boomer side. It's more like, you know, prove this to me and then then I'll get my checkbook out kind of thing. Yeah. You know? Yep. Well, I want to be sensitive to time. So I, I, I have one last question. And, and that is, if you had one piece of advice to give our listeners that would have the most immediate impact on their business, what would it be? Yeah, that advice would be um, become a talent optimizer. Um, it's interesting that, you know, um, a lot of leaders leave their people strategy to chance or, or they delegate it to HR or they, they function, they focus on the product or they focus on the sales. Um, all leaders need to add talent optimization to their core competence, um, because leaders who can get the best out of themselves and others relative to their strategic plan will be more fulfilled personally and better off financially when they try to exit the business. So talent optimization cannot be overlooked or underemphasized. It's really, as you said, Ed, it's kind of the fuel uh, in the engine and having leaders who are really good at doing that in addition to whatever their other core competence is, that is what's going to help 
owners get the most value out of the business that they've built throughout their career. Yeah. And I guess I, I should have asked this before the final question, but can you describe the difference between a leader and a manager? Because I, I think there's, they're, they're two entirely different things. Yeah. I mean, generally speaking, um, you know, leaders are future focused. There, there's an element of setting the strategy, setting the vision. Um, you know, managers are more in the middle. They're helping coach and develop people to execute that strategic vision or strategy. Of course, leaders still have to do some of that. Um, but largely when we're advising our clients on leadership development, we're examining each of those terms. You know, what's different when you move from an individual contributor to a team leader? What different behaviors are required for your success? And then when you move from a team leader to a, you know, department manager, what's different still? And then when you move so that, and that's why the job assessment element of the PI platform is so critical because you're able to benchmark objectively the behavioral and cognitive requirements for success at each of those leadership turns so that when you have a young high potential employee who's tugging on your sleeve, I want to be a manager. I want to be a manager. You can actually sit down and say, that's great. Let me walk you through what that next job looks like relative to your strengths. And then the conversation to magic, it shifts directly to, okay, well, now that I see what the role requires and where I have some gaps, how can I, you know, grow my skills? And then it's a, it's a development conversation and that's productive. Um, But when we don't have clarity about what do we need at these different levels in the organization, whether we call them leaders or managers, that's when it becomes difficult to actually give people meaningful coaching and development experiences to get there. Yeah, totally agree. Well, before we leave, so what's the best way that that, uh, the listeners can connect with you? Yeah, I would love to offer if any of your listeners um, just shoot me an email directly at hhaas, so H-H-A-A-S as in Sam, at Advisa USA, A-D-V-I-S-A-U-S-A dot com and mention this podcast, I'll be happy to give them a free strategy assessment or job assessment. Either one of those will give your listener a great window into how we use people data to help you start on that journey of talent optimization. So would love to connect with any of your listeners who have an interest. Well, that that's fabulous. And I, I will put that in the show notes and, uh, and links to everything that you've mentioned to your website, um, to, to LinkedIn and, um, you know, everywhere that we can find you. And, um, and certainly they'll, um, they'll mention the podcast and, uh, and get that, that wonderful, generous gift, uh, that you offered them. So look, I, I certainly appreciate your time. It's a, it's a fascinating topic and I, and I know you brought a ton of value to the, to the listeners. So I, I, I do appreciate your time. Thank you. It's, it's really a pleasure to have the conversation with you and to get to share some insights with all of your listeners. So thank you so much for the opportunity. You got it. Well, thanks again and uh, cheers. Okay. Cheers. Thanks, Ed. Bye-bye. 
Thank you for joining the Defenders of Business Value podcast. If you're preparing your business for sale, visit LegacyTransitionAdvisors.com or text EXIT to 35893 to begin your journey to maximum saleable value. If you want more episodes packed with strategies to transfer maximum value in your business, visit DefendersOfBusinessValue.com. Better yet, subscribe now so you don't miss the future episodes. This program is copyright Legacy Transition Advisors, LLC. All rights reserved.